What's your problem? God. Walked in here so, in a mood. I can't be in a mood? I didn't say you couldn't be in a mood. I'm just acknowledging you're in a mood. Mood. Well, why is it my problem? It's not. I just I just feel a little like irritable. Right irritable? Now. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just can't get out of my... The, the, it was... I, I was having a really... Like I didn't, I didn't want to come. Like I just felt like I don't, I don't have anything to say, or I'm not going to say it right, or who cares what I think? Why, you know, is anyone actually going to be listening? Like listening? I think to... it's because you're afraid you're going to be exposed and humiliated well, when that's we talk when about I... the hiring of the assistant. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even thinking about that. You but that's were funny. just called out <laughs> by a millennial. Okay, we can man talk about that. Right? Straightened you. Out. <laughs> oh, are we the starting? Teacher with that? meets the teacher. <laughs> Who hasn't written me back, by the way? He hasn't. No. I wonder what he thought of that. I know. You said you are. Uh, you're trying to. What do you say? Detach from your ego when you walked in here. You. You want to make sure you sound good. You sound intelligent. You sound coherent. Yeah, just was like, like I, I just could feel that sort of, you know, perfectionist something, mm. the doing it right, right, uh, thing inside of me, and I was screaming in the car, screaming in the car. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like to kind of get out of that, I have to just like I don't know. It's like there's some the other part of me is like fuck that, mm. no. Like I think what I'm actually really scared of is just to tell my truth. Because you, you asked me to listen to the Ben Greenfield podcast mm-hmm. on plant medicines, his new take. and then, He renounced plant medicine. And then also the Kanye, Kanye West documentary right. on Netflix. And um, both of those things, which I probably would not have listened to or watched if you hadn't suggested, you were like, let's, let's listen and let's talk about it on the podcast. So like, all right, it's, it'll be, you know, interesting. Yeah. And um, maybe there's a part of me that's scared to say just what I really think. You know, what do you really think? <sighs> um, what should we start with? Well, let's start with Kanye. Kanye, oh, Kanye. I loved it. I, I love him. Yeah, you love him, right? I so, love him. So, so, and it would make sense that you would love the documentary. You know, like yeah, that, you didn't like it. No, no, I'm just saying like that, that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, um, you, you know, you seemed excited by it and you I was you totally, to... totally inspired by him. You were inspired. And by the documentary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, I don't really listen to Kanye. I mean, I haven't really, like, I wasn't even, I didn't realize that that was his song, Gold Digger. <laughs> it's like, so maybe that's really lame, but I just... You know, I I wasn't going in with any sort of uh, like love for him in that way. You know, mm-hmm. like I kind of know just more of the latest. You know, he he's he tried to run for president, and you know he had that whole TMZ thing, and yeah. it's kind of like is he losing his mind? Maybe is he like what's you know like is there some mental disorder happening? 
So that's what I was walking in into it with. In other words, you you were buying the mainstream presses. Yeah, I was a bit biased about you know? Kanye, but which I wasn't. Is that he's but, crazy because he, how could how could any black man like Trump? He must be bipolar. He must be insane. No, that's not why I. That's I just. But that's what it was. Oh well, yeah, maybe the day after the concert that he said, "Make America Great Again." He didn't say directly that he was a supporter of Trump, but he he alluded to it, and uh, he was uh, declared mentally ill. He was in some institution. They claimed he lost it. I was very suspicious of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got a lot of people around him. Well, he obviously has a lot of people around him. Right. He has a lot of people. I mean, it yeah. seems he has a lot of people around him all the time. I'm not saying he's not crazy. Well, in any case, the only I watched... time he seemed crazy in the documentary to me, like sincerely insane, was when he was on the medication. Which was when? That scene with the real estate investors when he started talking and he's just going on and on. And then uh, oh, uh-huh. the uh, the documentary filmmaker, what's his, what was his name? Cootie. Cootie decided he was going to turn off the cameras because it oh. was so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And I agreed. I was like, whoa, that's. He, he did seem to me that he had crossed over. But that was the only time I felt he had really crossed over. Well, there was and that one. Was when he yeah, was right. uh, on medication. Yeah. We just found out that uh, chemical imbalance in the brain for the cause of depression is not real. So the whole foundation of SSRI medication is all bullshit. Was that the medication he was no, on? No, but that's what also came out yesterday. So I'm just, my point is these medications, which I've always been suspicious of, it turns out it's all bullshit. Well, there's no chemical imbalance. It's not a thing. It's not the cause of depression. That's what they told us for 20 years. How much money did they make off that shit? And, you know, 38 of the school shooters or not school shooters, but mass shooters. I saw a list run SSRIs. We're going to find out all kinds of dark shit about this stuff as it comes out. And, you know, what's that saying? The crazy man, uh, when uh, you have an insane, sick society pointing at the finger at somebody and saying they're crazy, who's the one who's crazy? Who's crazy, Kanye or the society? I mean, well, that's what I, I guess he was surprised about, you know, when I was watching it. First of all, it's, it's shot through Cootie's eye. You know, it's yeah. like the whole story. He's narrating it. Mm-hmm. And um, he started shooting uh, Kanye, like, I don't know. He's 26. Way be- before yeah. he was, well, he was famous still a producer. at all. Yeah. And, and then there were, like, he, for a number of years, and there were a number of years he was not, kind of, he was kind of excluded mm-hmm. from, from Kanye's. Once, he, once Kanye blew up. Yeah. And so, you know, the story is told through his eyes, which I thought was a really interesting perspective. You know, like it wasn't like Kanye was making this documentary about himself. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know, I I respected that because then some of the other stuff that maybe may have not come out, came out, you know, and like all everything. I'm sure that, that Kanye watched the whole thing before it was released, you know, and approved of it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, oh, so he just let himself be seen in yeah. a way that was, um, 
not flattering, you know, but also not flattering. There were, I mean, he just let it all out, you know, it wasn't just like everything's good, you know, but there were these parts that you don't, you don't know, you know, about like of him that like, or I didn't know that I was surprised to find like his natural genius, you know, Mm -hmm. like he has a natural, I mean, his, his rapping skills were so so inspiring that I, da- I I don't ever listen to rap, you know, but I downloaded a, like a number of his songs and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this, mm-hmm. is, this is amazing, you know, and, and just his tenacity, his determination, his belief in himself, mm-hmm. you know, and um, like all of that was, was very inspiring, mm-hmm. even when other people weren't believing in him, mm-hmm. even the record company that signed him that didn't, you mm-hmm. know, like all of that. And then... Um, you know, watching kind of just, you know, he, he's, it's like he's stepping, but also the relationship between him and his mother, I thought was really, was surprising. She was like this English professor and chair of the university that she taught at and, and very intelligent woman and very supportive, Mm -hmm. like in the just like kindest way, you know, um, I mean, I don't know if that's always what it was, but it, they had a vi- you can see that they have a very deep bond. Yeah. You know? um, and so just seeing all of that was very, um, like it surprised me, you know, it's like, oh, I see. And then, and then there's that scene where uh, Cootie goes to his release, one of his CD or CD release parties or something like that. And, and and Kanye's completely wasted mm-hmm. and doesn't even remember, like doesn't know who he is. You know, keeps calling right, him the wrong right. name. Who you knows know? what was going on there? But yeah, yeah, who knows what was going on? But in that moment, it was kind of just like it, it was very, uh, you know, just what you would think of. Like, oh, he became a big star and he was taken by the the whole, you know, his ego. You know, like the yeah, whole, for sure. Um, for sure and that like, definitely happened yeah like he went down this like yeah. he went to the dark side in some way yeah you know i don't he, think you i don't think it's you can avoid it well yeah the, uh, i don't well, think I you saw become that. that famous and blow up that big and have that much attention on you and not have it crack you i don't i don't think anyone survives it without um their dark side emerging without them struggling through it without drinking too much or fucking too much or taking too many drugs or being a dick I don't think any. I don't think it's possible. I mean, I don't know if it's po- not possible, but I, I, it made sense to me just in terms of like, there was this one. I think it, it might have even been that scene. There was one point where he was at a party. Kanye's at a party, and somebody whispered something to him. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought to myself, oh, I wonder what that guy whispered, you know? And I had this like immediate thought of Will Smith, you know? I, I don't. It just like the two. Like I just connected them and that there must be all sorts of shit that that's whispered to them. What's, what are they, you know, what's being whispered into their ears, you know? And like, is it, is it positive stuff? Is it dark shit? You know what I mean? Like there's probably all sorts of stuff that's being told to them and like it, it's probably messing with your mind in so For many sure. ways and you can't tell what's real and what's not real, what's true. And everybody wants a piece of you. Yeah. Everybody wants something what's from you. How can intention? you trust anything yeah, exactly. or anyone? Yeah. Yeah. And so 
like that's what I was that's what I was seeing and, and it's like okay and then and then his mom dies mm-hmm. you know and that must have done something I mean she she dies unexpectedly yeah, and 58 yeah like from a cosmetic surgery yeah. mishap or some, yeah. something you know and you know just then what that does you know and but what's your truth my truth is i have a newfound respect for him and you're afraid to say that uh, yeah i guess so why hmm. um I don't know because I was talking to somebody about it and you know like I guess the way that I I took what she was saying was like she she just thinks that he's crazy you know and it's like and and I I would have felt that way too before seeing this documentary thinks he's crazy why what has he done that's crazy what is the evidence that he's crazy I mean just everything that we've already said just the you know like yeah, that he it doesn't looked obey the uh, rules from the, the laws media, of civilized he, society he, in he, Hollywood and the media. It looked like he jumped crazy. off the deep end. Yeah, like some something, you know, it was. Thank God there's people out there like Kanye. But you can, you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. No, come on. I know what you're talking yeah. about, but I, I, the people who think Kanye West is, is crazy and just dismiss him, I, 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 it's not a valid point of view. Well, I mean, because you have to you have to take into account his genius. You have to you have to take into account all the things that I just said. Like one, he's a he's some kind of fucking next level genius. He's absolutely a narcissist. I'm not I'm not, I'm not debating that. I'm not, I'm not even debating that he's not. I mean, mentally ill. I don't I don't know what that means exactly. Is he bipolar? I doubt it. He's definitely a narcissist, but it seems to be serving him. He seems to be on a mission to get his music out. He seems to be on a mission to change the world. He's got something to say. He's pushing right at the heart of the fabric of the lies that are in the culture, right at the heart of it. He said so many insightful things right from the Mm get-go, right out of the gate. It was just one thing after another, after another, after another. And so what do we do with people like that? We demonize them. We call them crazy. From the beginning of time, mm-hmm. the truth tellers, the real truth tellers, we always say that they're fucking crazy and we dismiss them. We dismiss them. And that can't not make you crazy. When you're at odds with the culture, when you're trying to fight against upstream against a culture that's constantly trying to shame you, constantly trying to control you, constantly trying to tell you what to do and how to be, and you're fighting against that, to hold on to yourself in that place. It's fucking hard. And so I don't think you can do that without going a little fucking crazy. Are you speaking from personal well, experience? Well, yes, I of course I'm <laughs> yeah. speaking from personal experience. Yeah. Cuz I've I've yeah, I've experienced it. And it's just the price you pay. And so I don't I respect the guy immensely. I, I don't judge him and I don't know what he's ever said that's wrong. I mean, he said things that uh, can be taken out of context. He's definitely th- said things that are provocative. Slavery is a choice. Well, it's not really what he said. I mean, he was he. The implication, if you watch the whole clip, he's clearly talking about mental slavery. 
in that clip on TMZ. I watched that whole thing. I thought everything he said and how he handled it was brilliant. And everybody said, oh my God, they watched that and they thought he was nuts. I was like, what are you talking about? Mental slavery, that's exactly what we're teaching. We're all in some kind of mental slavery. And his whole thing about black people in America is, you know, I think he said that in the interviews, like stop listening to these people who are telling you you are oppressed and you can't do it and the system is against you. Yes, racism is, is a thing, but look at me. I got through it. Follow me. Like, I'm a billionaire. I'm super successful. Like, pay attention to what I'm doing. I'm not being a victim. I'm not making myself small. Like, you can do it too. Don't listen to these people fucking telling you that uh, you can't do it because of discrimination, because of white supremacy, whatever it is. Don't listen to them. It's not helpful. That's actually keeping you mentally enslaved because your belief, they're telling you your belief. This is the biggest fucking issue that I have with liberals right now it's like if you tell people that they're a victim and that they're oppressed and they should be angry you're feeding off their resentment and you are telling them you're psychologically implementing a concept into their head you're hypnotizing them to believe that they can't do it don't you want somebody to tell you you can do whatever you want yeah but this society's racist well you can overcome that lots of people have it doesn't mean that Racism is a problem. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be angry about racism. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be fighting against racism. But to tell yourself the story that you are oppressed, why would you ever say that to somebody? You're oppressed and you should be angry about it. You got to fight against it. It's like that just made them oppressed. If I was growing up, my mother was constantly telling me that, you know, you're oppressed, you're oppressed, you're oppressed, you're oppressed. Well, I'm going to internalize that and then I'm going to live that out. That's the mental prison that he's talking about. It's self-evident to me. Would you tell your client that they're oppressed? I mean, you well, validate you validate right. their emotional experience. This, yeah. is how, this is how it works, right? This yeah. is how we work with people. Somebody comes in, something horrible happened to them. And you have to validate their feelings about it. And yeah, they may be angry about it. They may have rage. They may want to kill. They may have a lot of resentment. And you have to give space for that because it's a totally legitimate reaction to trauma, to oppression. So you have to give space to that. But at a certain point, and this happened to me, I remember Anne saying, because I was in that place around my mother and other things that had happened to me and blaming the world, blaming my parents. And at a certain point, she just said, is this serving you anymore? Like, it's great that you're able to go there. It's great that you're able to access this rage. It's great that that rage can take you to this pain, you know, that you experience. But is this serving you? Like, at what point do you want to let it go and look towards the future? Well, I mean, and in the way that Kanye is doing it, he's not really validating in that that way. You know, he's just he 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 said something that was provocative, you know, and it was like, okay, I under yeah, I it's true, yeah, but also like I, I'm sure that there were lots of people who were triggered by that because their oppression has not been validated. It hasn't? No. What, who, who The culture is doing nothing but validating it. Well, now. Right in, now? It's, 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 yeah, but but at the time that Kanye said it, it wasn't like. that's. What are you talking about? This is three years ago. I know, but it wasn't. But, no, the culture was in a fucking hysteria over Trump that he was some fucking crazy Nazi white supremacist. And the left, ex, the left pushed that narrative. 
and then exploited people's anger and resentment, made him the enemy. It was all bullshit. And they're, that's what I'm saying. They're playing off the trauma of these people. They're manipulating people through their trauma. They're not trying to empower anybody. This is the dark side of what the left is doing, what the media is doing. And a lot of people do this. Well, I guess what I'm saying is like, if Kanye had said that on TMZ, like, listen, yes. He said all kinds of things like that, though. He said all kinds of things about black people being oppressed. He's not, he's not uh, dismissing that stuff. I mean, he's, he was the one that said, you know, George Bush doesn't care about black people. He's made many comments on racism. He's just not getting stuck there. And he's making the point. Look, okay, what is he speaking to? He's speaking to the thing that's not being spoken to. Every, everybody's fucking saying the country's racist. That's all, that's all we fucking hear. America's a white supremacist country, has a history of racism. It's systemically embedded within the culture, within every system. And his point is like, okay, yeah, but here's another way to look at it. Don't keep yourself enslaved by thinking like that, that you are oppressed. It's not going to help you. You have to think in a different way about it. And that is, that is not necessarily dismissing somebody's trauma or pain. I understand what you're saying, but it's like he's articulating the other side. And it just seems to me when anybody articulates the other side, they get annihilated. I mean, I guess why? I'm saying why is that, that there's a because way. Because people are attached. People are attached to their resentment. That's why. And it's fucking easier to stay stuck being a victim because then you don't have to take fucking responsibility for your fucking life. And America is the freest fucking country on earth. That's why immigrants are trying to get in nonstop, non-fucking stop. And you have this group of people, all they're doing is telling you how fucking shitty this place is. But you ask, you ask all the Mexicans who are coming in, Mexican immigrants who are coming in, they're all like, this is the greatest country on earth. I'm super happy to be here. I'm so grateful to be in fucking America. And you know who's telling you it's fucking shit? It's just a bunch of rich white people. Rich white people who've already made it, who feel guilty about their success and aren't doing shit. They're the ones screaming this bullshit. Lack of fucking gratitude. It doesn't help anything or anyone. That's my feeling. And it's enough. It's enough already. It's actually evil. You're indoctrinating people. You're encouraging them to stay a victim. We've established that it's important to validate people's anger and frustration and pain. 100%. But how long does that go on for? And is it useful? Is it useful? That's the question. Does it serve? And it's being used as a political tactic. Which is the other thing? Am I wrong? <laughs> okay. Am I wrong? Come on! Andy. All I'm saying yeah. is that there is a way that you can speak to someone where the information can go in more effectively. But maybe you bullshit. Uh, that, bullshit. Right? Bullshit. You I have, have to get heard first. If you are dealing with a culture that is embedded with lies and distortions, you have to, with the blade of the tahash, cut through. You have to do something that upsets it, that gets people angry to start the conversation. Well, then you have to be the person, then you have to be the person willing to be called crazy. He is clearly that person. I, I, I understand, but you're like, there's, 
I, I'm I'm speaking mm-hmm. to you too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to be willing to take that. I do take it. And so I know. Does he. I take it all the fucking time. But without the, you know, without the what? The defense. Why? Why can't I have the defense? You can have the defense. Can, I'm just I, I, saying, like, you know, what just what it is. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I understand. I, I you know, that, obviously, that's something I've been talking about. I mean, it kind of, you know, I mean, we, without going into mm-hmm. it, but in our last workshop, it just reminded me of the process that we had of like the fear, you challenging the fear, mm-hmm. but you were yelling, you know, like you were, it was like, you yeah. were like, get the fuck off, you know? Yeah. And the way that you were coming, like, it was like scary. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? It was just the energy that you were coming with, even though you were right in a way, like you were, don't, don't listen to the fear, mm-hmm. but the energy with which you were speaking at. Cause you, wait a minute, hold on. This is, you gotta explain this. You were, you embodied some aspect of this person's fear, right? Is mm-hmm. this correct? And mm-hmm. then you started speaking from that place of the fear mm-hmm. and then yeah, I came in and and uh, what did I do? I blocked you. I protected you, or or blocked the person, protected the person, and tried to stop you, stop the fear. And you're saying that the way I came at you was scary for you. Sca- was scary. It was. I think it was scary. It was the, like the energy was scary. It was less scary than you were. That's what you think. A hundred percent. It was less scary than you. <laughs> You have no, are you kidding? No, I know. Of course I know. I was rational. I was rational. People, that's not true. People could feel me. They could feel that I was present. You weren't present. I mean, obviously you were present in the exit, but the character you were playing was not present. Completely psychotic, not reasonable at all. And you were willing to kill. Your fear was willing to kill. You were willing to pull that person down, hold on to them, pull them all the way down. And so I'm sorry if I scared you right. while I was trying to fucking save this person's life that I had to fucking kill the fear. That's what it is. It's a war against the fucking devil. I'm sorry if I'm scaring the devil. Good. I want the devil to be fucking scared. Should be fucking scared. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying is like that energy that you brought that you came at like it it sounded like in from my perspective you were the crazy one i understand and that like there was like the more that you came at me in that place could i have said that would have made you stop being afraid that well what you said what you said to the person was you can't reason with her yes that's right that was the moment where i was like fuck you knew you were fucked yeah yeah which means that you knew you were completely irrational. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I held on tighter. Yeah. Because I was like... Of course. You, and that's what fear does. Yeah. It's like, I will... Whatever it takes, I'm, I'm here. Exactly. Which is why you have to kill the fear. There's no choice. It's you or the fear. Mm-hmm. You have to confront it. Mm-hmm. That kind of fear. Mm-hmm. Or you don't feed it anything. But as long as the person has a hook... I mean, that's what we're seeing. You know, this is what the media does. They're feeding into people's trauma. That's what we're doing. 
one of, I, you know, because I've been thinking about, you know, I, I come on this podcast and I speak about social issues and things that are going on in the world. And I guess the question could be like, hey, why are you thinking about this stuff? Why are you talking about this stuff? Shouldn't you be focused on your work, right? Which is psychotherapy, essentially. Well, what am I doing? I'm, I'm trying to help people free themselves from the matrix of their mind, right? All the programming they received in their childhood, mostly from their caregivers, all the distortions, all the false beliefs, all the things that are causing them suffering and pain, trying to liberate them from that. Well, but there's also a matrix of the culture, of society. And there's a lot of programming and deep unconscious mechanisms of control. If we know anything about human beings and human history, that that is the history of it. You have groups of people that want to control other people. And that's what's happening right now. And with technology, it's become very sophisticated. With social media, you have the news, just all it is, just pure propaganda all the time. They're trying to keep us afraid, trying to keep us afraid. The second COVID ends, it's like climate change, climate change, climate change. It's hot. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. It's just like constantly telling us that we're all going to fucking die. That's evil. If all you're doing is propagating fear, brainwashing people with fear, going after their limbic brain, that's evil. And it has to be stopped and it has to be spoken to directly. And so there's all this, well, you know, you need to understand their feelings. No, fuck that. We, we're done. We're done understanding the feelings part. That's over now. It's war. How long are we going to let this go on for? What happened to Black Lives Matter? I mean, just look at recent fucking history. Black Lives Matter sponsored by Bank of America. Sponsored by Google. Sponsored by the NBA. Sponsored by every fucking corporation in America. That's not suspicious to you? And where are the leaders now? They're not around, but they got six homes. What happened to the money? Where did it all go? Where's the programs? Why am I not hearing about the new program that Black Lives Matter created in the inner cities of Chicago and Baltimore? How come I'm not hearing about that? Where is it? What have they done? Defund the police? Well, that led to a 30% increase in murders. That's what that led to. Not that there's not a lot of corrupt police and the, the police that they need reform. Yes, but Jesus fucking Christ. These people are insane. They're narcissists. They're self-serving. They're just about power. That's it. They're not the good ones. The whole thing is inverted. I mean, I'm 53 years old now and I can see it very clearly. Everything I've been told was a lie. The people who they were telling me are bad are actually the good ones. And the ones who claim to be good are the bad ones. I mean, obviously that's a generalization, but Jesus Christ. It's everywhere. This is why people are going back to religion. This is why people are going back to God. This is why this Ben Greenfield piece, whether you believe it or not, or, or buy into what he's saying or not about, you know, plant medicines, he calls it witchcraft and entities and demonic spirits can get in when you're in that state and so you have to be very very careful and you don't need them you should just have a direct communication with god and you can and that's all you need fair enough fair enough well he he says very specifically you need 
a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And reading the Bible, which, right. you know, I'm a little, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Although you're reading I'm a totally book reading, channeled. yeah, Course in Miracles channeled by Jesus Christ. Right. And I'm, I'm, but if you had told me to do this two years ago, I would have been like, what? No, what? Well, two years from now, you might be fucking hanging out with Ben Greenfield reading the Bible. Who knows? True. Maybe. Possibly. However, probably not. Um, <laughs> my take on that podcast was, yeah. you know, he's he's someone who's done everything, you know, and he knows all the terminology. He's, I mean, he's tried it all. He's a very he has, smart guy, too. Yeah, very smart. And now he's telling everyone, I mean, I, I haven't followed him, I, you know, but mm -hmm. my take is that he's someone who he does things and then he promotes the things that he's, yeah. he, he thinks are really great. Yeah. So I'm sure that along the way, he's like psilocybin or ayahuasca or, you know, mm -hmm. like he's doing these things, he's having these transcendent experiences and he's like, everybody should try this. Yeah. And, and then he, and now he's had some epiphany that's like, shit, you know, not everybody should try it, yeah. you know, and actually nobody should try. It. You know, it's it's kind of like <laughs> what, you know, like he's gone, you know, he's gone yeah. the other way, yeah. which feels a bit extreme to me. And, you know, like he seems like an extreme guy. You he know? is an extreme guy. Yeah. And I'm sure that on some for some people that might be really helpful to listen to that, you know, yeah. and it's like, OK, you know, but but I think for, you know, for someone like me or for someone like, like, I just know that for other people, it's not the same, you know, he's, he's talking to a specific group of people. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, he's talking to it. Well, he's got a but big he's not, audience. But it, and it, and he's not wrong. He's not you know? wrong. You can get there, mm -hmm. you know, without plant medicines. Yeah. You can get there without psychotherapy. You can get yeah. there, there. There are many, many paths to the same place. Sure. You know? And so, yeah, I mean, I think just the way that he talked about there was you know the demonic forces and that kind of thing it's mm -hmm. like I, I mean i don't know what what got to him like i'm not i don't know well the the shipibo maestros will tell you there's demonic forces there's not all spirits are good and they that's part of what they're doing with their chances they're cleaning the room they're cleaning them out but i, I yes and and that there was some way in which he was talking that i I had this weird feeling like that some demonic force has got him. Well, that's the thing. How do you know, Ben, was, that yeah. the fucking spirit didn't get in during one of your ayahuasca ceremonies This is now, and is now guiding you to do this? Right. Because plant medicine has brought a lot of people closer to God, myself included. Yeah. I don't think I would have found God the way that I have without plant medicine. Now, right. maybe I would have. Right. But plant medicine was actually what led me to the Lakota, which is now I'm not interested in plant medicine anymore because I have the Lakota and I, I kind of feel that way. Yeah. There's a, there's a purity yeah. to the sweat lodge. There's nothing. Uh, and it's just a direct communication with God, with spirit, with Tonkashila, whatever you want to call it. Um, what was I saying? Well, I was going to say that, I mean, my experience and, and I was thinking that this, this is, this may have been, been what happened. It's like, you have these experiences, these very deep, transcendent, connecting experiences to God or whatever yeah. you want to call it, spirit, yeah. your higher self, like the, you're, you're touching into something that it's like, you feel like this is where I want to be. This is where I want to live from, you know? And then you go back into your 
everyday life or whatever you're and and you you're in your ego place or you know like just whatever's happening your fear or your resistance or whatever like that place that then I mean I imagine like which has happened to me when I've had those experience those transcendent experiences when I'm in the other place in my fear or in my ego place tells me that that place is not real yeah and like you shouldn't go back there that's Mm -hmm. you know like that that's 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 evil yeah and so it i wondered as i was listening to his podcast Mm -hmm. if that's part of what was happening too i mean i don't know you know it seems like well i wonder if it's a response to everything that i was just saying like i think there's demonic forces in the world right now i think we are in a spiritual war and i think the the evil forces are strong Mm-hmm. And I think what evil does is try to convince you that the good is evil and they the evil is the good. Right. Yeah. So that everything is inverted. Yeah. And in that place, it's easy to get confused mm-hmm. because everybody's lying, everybody's gaslighting, and you have, I don't know what percentage of the population, but a very large percentage in some kind of mass delusion, mm-hmm. which is probably always the case. Mm-hmm. society's probably never not in a mass delusion mm-hmm. but um because of that it makes sense that you would want to return to something simple and pure and keep it simple and it's just like one thing god that's it because that's i have to fortify fortify myself right now and i have to keep it clean and simple straight and narrow nothing else so that's that's what i got from it that's what i i, mm. I felt was underneath it maybe i'm wrong but I think he's probably afraid. I think a lot of people are afraid. I'm afraid of of just how crazy shit is right now. Like society is unraveling. Like we're not getting along. What are they going to do in 2024 if Trump gets reelected? Which it seems like he's going to be. Who's going to beat him? They're already starting to talk about what if Trump, what if Trump, what if Trump. That's what they did the first time. It's almost like they want him back. Imagine if Trump was president again. That's a hypnotic suggestion. Imagine if Trump was president again. That's what they did the first time. Love Trump's hate. Love Trump. It's like I felt this from the beginning. There was some unconscious intention, for whatever reason, of the left to actually get Trump elected. I, I mean, I could go down the rabbit hole of why, but I think that's happening again. He brings order. He's clear. He's direct. And right now we are in fucking chaos. The president of the United States is senile. And nobody knows who's running the show. And we're in another fucking war that nobody really knows about or understands over in Ukraine. It seems like people are starting to wake up. That, eh, the fuck is going on over there? Okay, yeah, Putin's a bad guy, but we're just going to keep throwing them money again? Are we back where we started in fucking Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam? What What's happening here? And then we're starting to see things about the COVID vaccine. One in 5,000 people, according to this German study, has serious side effects from the vaccine one in five thousand that's a lot of people one in five thousand 
we're going to hear more and more. People are hearing this. The vaccine doesn't work. Okay, it helps me not get as sick. Okay, but it doesn't stop prevention. So that we were lied to. We were lied to about the masks. We were lied to about the vaccines. There was tons of misinformation. And you can say, well, they didn't know or they did their best or they gave this information. There was other reasons to give this information. They can't give all the information, all the truth to the population. They have to kind of lie to them in certain ways, but they're noble lies. You could say all that, but they're lies nevertheless. And it creates distrust in the population. I think you see that happening. And that that is that underlines the fabric in the culture. And that's what we have. And at least with Trump, you know you have a, a known person, a known quantity. And people can be like, okay, at least I know what that is. I can feel that. Even if I hate him, it's like, it's clear, it's direct. There's no ground right now. I said this, you're going to go from the tyrannical father to the absent father. People prefer the tyrannical. Absent father, father's not there that you can't feel, makes people crazy. Especially when they're gaslighting you, telling you everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Listen to what we're saying. And then, and then this whole thing, I mean, that's, that's big news story, right? And that's connected to big pharma, the SSS, SSRIs, what I was saying earlier that they are, uh, there's no proof of any chemical imbalance in the brain that causes depression, which is the whole foundation of this medication. That's what it was purporting to do to correct the chemical imbalance. So you wouldn't be depressed. turns out that was all a lie. Well, how much money did they make off that? That's a pharmaceutical injury pharmaceutical industry, the same people who made the vaccine. People are starting to wake up to this shit. Whether they're fully awake or not, they can feel it. And it's scary. It's fucking scary because who's got this? And I think most people, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are very sympathetic to the transgender movement. They want to be understanding. They want to be compassionate. They want to be loving. I'm one of those people, of course. Of course, I want people to feel received, accepted, Included, but it seems like in that process there's been a uh, overcorrection, and it seems like there's uh, we're transitioning kids, we're giving them puberty blocking drugs. We don't really know the full effects of them. People claim that they do; they don't. They do have permanent side effects. You're giving an 11 year old. I think there's a lot of people, myself included, that are uncomfortable with that, that at the very least have questions and have questions about social contagion. Children are very vulnerable to persuasion. And if you start telling them that like gender is not a thing, you could, you may be, I mean, you were born a girl, but maybe you're actually a boy. Tell that to a six-year-old, a seven-year-old. Oh, really? You know, they can, they can buy into it. It's just another form of indoctrination. I think a lot of people are, it, it makes them nervous. E- even if they want to be supportive of transgender rights and they want to be fair and they want to have a progressive society, there's something that feels like it's gone too far. And a lot of the people that are promoting it don't, they they seem not necessarily always grounded. They seem a little off and there's also a lot of resentment and you can't ask questions. If you ask questions, you're, you know, that line of questioning with that uh, woman lawyer teacher at Stanford with uh, one of the members of Congress, they they got into it. 
And he was asking questions about like, can men get pregnant? You know, I, I'm, he's trying to understand, right? And he's, you know, obviously he's playing his own game, trying to point out um, logical fallacies. And she just was like, you know, your line of questioning is transphobic. Mm-hmm. And it's um, you're like that kind of transphobia is responsible for the death of transphobic people. Like one in five transphobic people or one in five transgender people are committing suicide and she's implying or she's not implying she's saying it directly it's because of they it's because of the fact that they're not accepted it's because of questions like the question you're asking me it's like maybe or maybe they have some kind of emotional issue and that's why they're having gender dysphoria like we need to be open to things, all possibilities here. We can't just instantly claim that as soon as somebody says, you know, I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm a man or I feel like I'm a woman. I'm not, I don't feel comfortable in my body. Well, there you go. You're transgender and let's start the transition. It's like, wait a minute. We, we should have some questions here. What's exactly going on before we start giving you surgery and hormones? That's a complicated thing. The mind is a complicated thing. The unconscious, we know this. So, but you know, you ask questions, you get, told you're a bigot that makes me very suspicious of what their intentions are and that they're hiding a lie and people a lot of people can feel this reasonable people can feel this and so there's this and and nobody knows what to do nobody knows what to say because you don't nobody wants to be called a transphobe or a bigot or a racist it's dark it's dark and it's scary and I don't think people know what to do. And it's nothing new. This is this is a, a pattern in human history. So it it gets having nuanced conversation with people like that becomes difficult. Mm-hmm. Right? As you found out with the vaccine, not wanting to get the vaccine. People, they just don't want to hear it. You're bad because you didn't get the vaccine. You don't care about other people. Other people are going to die because you're not going to get the vaccine. We now know that's totally bullshit. It was, that was a fucking lie and your instincts were right. Are you going to get an apology from these people? No. Is anybody going to acknowledge it? No. They're just going to move on. Well, those people, it's harder for me to trust them now. What other bullshit are they going to be taken in by? So come to our workshop, the power and practice of deep feeling. It's not like this at all. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a political agenda. I turn this part of me off and I'm just with you and you can yell at me and tell me I'm wrong and hate me and kill me at the workshop. So you have that. If you're feeling triggered right now, you should definitely come. I welcome you to bring your hatred and judgment to me and we'll, we'll see what's going on. Um, you know, obviously I have a, yeah, I, I, I have my own emotional attachment to this issue, you know, but still, I mean, I don't know. Something's going on, man. And so, yeah, you got to take it to God. Well, and that's essentially what, it feels like you. we saw Kanye do at the end of the documentary. That's what I'm saying, man. Jesus 
wa- uh, Jesus, what was it? It's his uh, first hit. Walk. Jesus walks Jesus with me. Walks. Jesus would... walks with me. I mean, that's his first fucking hit. It's kind of interesting. Right. It's kind of beginning then, and ending with that, with Jesus. For well, there Kanye. was another song that he did with mm-hmm. Jesus at the end. Yeah. And then he had the Sunday service. Sunday service. Sunday service, right. Yeah. That was that felt deep. It was like, wow, okay. Yeah. And I think it takes a certain kind of madness to make that happen. It comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Genius and madness are they're they're right there with each other. So mm-hmm. yeah, oh well he's crazy. Yeah, okay. So okay, he's crazy, whatever that means. So is he wrong? What's he wrong about exactly? If you actually listen to what he's saying. Or, you know, even if you think he's wrong, it, it's it's not incoherent. If you actually listen to his interviews, and I've listened to a lot of his interviews. You know, listen to the interview with Charlemagne Lagarde. Watch that whole TMZ interview. I mean, watch the documentary. He says, it, it's a, he says a brilliant thing over and over and over and over again. An incredible observation. He's incredibly articulate. Mm-hmm. he's brilliant and so yeah and he's in a world that just doesn't understand him it can't make sense of it and it's hard that's a hard thing to hold inside yourself and I think you you end up I mean I know yeah I, I went a little crazy for sure with the Trump stuff because I was just all alone and I was seeing something and Everybody was telling me I was not. I was bad. You're bad. I mean, I never doubted it, but it was just like, you're bad. You're bad. You're bad. I was just like, Jesus, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing it, celebrities and politicians and all of the power structures in the culture lining up on one side and you're on the other side and you're just like, what the fuck, man? And you're, And then my industry my community, Cornogenics community. I mean, we talked about that at the the core conference a couple of years ago that a trampoline with Trump's face on it and everyone's jumping on oh, it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what are you guys, children? It's ridiculous. I mean, something like that. It's, a, it's off, you know. It's way off. Well, if you're, you know, it's like you're, you're a teaching institution and you're teaching. Yeah. I mean, I think they felt that they had to, I think most institutions right now feel like the right thing to do is get on board with the mandate, which is equity, inclusion, and diversity. How can you be against that? Well, no, I'm, I'm not against that. I'm against the the implementation of it. That's what I'm against. It's the way you're talking about it, the way you frame it, like the thinking behind it. There's something about that that it's I'm not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And there's a story you're telling about the meaning of it that doesn't feel true to me. So yes, of course I'm for diversity, inclusion. I, I'm not for equity. Equity means equality there's a that's not a thing people aren't equal groups aren't equal it's not a thing nature there's no quality in nature 
I mean, there's a, a quality on it's just there's balance. Right? Are they are we all equal in the eyes of God? Of course. And should we all have the same rights? Of course. But individual people are not, I'm not, as I said before, I'm not equal to LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I'm different. I'm not saying I'm less than LeBron James, but, you know, if I'm playing in the NBA, what am I supposed to do? Like, well, I should be getting the same, you know, I ride the bench. I'm the 12th man. I should be getting, why am I not getting the same amount of money as LeBron James? It's not fair. Should be equal. No, zero people are going to take me seriously. Like people in it, people believe in a meritocracy. That's what they believe in. So how can you have equity? Nobody believes this shit. If you're on top, you're going to, oh, well, you know, yeah, I'm doing all the work and I'm the best at it, but I'm, I'm going to take the same salary as a janitor. No, you're not. Just look at the Black Lives Matter Marxists, those women that ran it. Where are they? They give any of their, any of their money away? No, they went and bought houses with it. Took that money and fucked off. Read Animal Farm, people. It's all there. I mean, come on. Equity is bullshit. Equal opportunity. Is make things as fair as you can. And I understand the society is not fair. The system is, is completely fucking rigged. But I think that's coming mm, from the government. The four richest counties, I think it's counties, in the United States are the four counties that surround Washington, D.C. Is that is that a good thing? What does that tell you? All the wealth is concentrated around Washington, D.C., so there's a money machine around there. Oh, I want to go make money and be a lawyer? Okay, I go to Washington. That's not good. It shouldn't be that way. People shouldn't be... Nancy Pelosi shouldn't be worth $300 million. How is she worth $300 fucking million being a public servant? It doesn't make sense. And they're le- she's lecturing me about equity inclusion and diversity are you fucking kidding me people take this shit seriously it's a show they're lying to you wakey wakey but thank god andrew tate (laughs) god bless you andrew tate he is the biggest thing on the internet he's (laughs) spitting truth to the people <laughs> it's true, man. He is the he's you know what his scheme is? It's genius what Andrew Tate is doing. So he's got this thing called Hustler University. <laughs> and it's been he's had it for a long time. And I think you pay 49 bucks a month and you they teach you how to make money online. It's basically mm-hmm. teaching you how to make money. And they give you all these tricks, I guess. I don't know. And I don't know if it's good or bad. I have no idea. But whatever. I think he's up to like 100,000 people or something that are enrolled. So that's, you know, that's pretty good. 49 bucks a month. But basically what he said was, listen, here's, it's, it's you know, some people call it a pyramid scheme. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand what the difference between that is in um, 
affiliate marketing, but he's saying, you know, if you bring you, you, you're going to have your affiliate link now that you're in. And one of the ways you can make money is by encouraging other people to sign up for the course, this through your link, and then you're going to make money. Okay. I guess that's a pyramid scheme, but it's affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the same thing. I don't know. And what he's saying is the way to do that is to cut up clips of me and my interviews on my podcasts to promote it. Right. And so you're going to do that. And then people are going to see those clips and then you're going to take them to whatever your link. And then they're going to sign up for Hustler University. That's the best way to do it. Mm. So he has an army of people who are financially motivated, cutting up clips of him and posting them all over the internet. And so TikTok is just nothing but Andrew Tate. (laughs) It's just Andrew Tate. You cannot believe how many fucking clips of this guy there are. And apparently six months ago, he made this decision. I'm taking over TikTok. He doesn't have a TikTok account. (laughs) What? He doesn't have a TikTok account. Wow. It's all Andrew Tate all the time on TikTok. Every side. What the fuck is going on? It's all I see is Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. Who's this fucking guy? And how ingenious is that? I mean, it's, it's masterful bit of publicity and marketing. So (laughs) I understand he says a lot of extreme things. I'm not going to defend everything he says, but, uh, he's not stupid. And he's about something. I got that from the time I interviewed him. I could see it. He's got a big heart. He's a good man. Mm. It's a bit of an act, what he's doing. You know, he's putting on a show like Trump. They understand. You got to say provocative, crazy things to get attention. You got to have eyeballs on you. That's And Kanye understands that too. You want people to listen to what you have to say. You have to say something controversial. You have to get their attention. You have to rile them up. You have to poke at the heart of the illusions. And uh, half the people are going to love you. Half the people are going to hate you. But that's the game. Mm -hmm. That is the game that you have to play if you want your message to get out in that way. And it's a lot to hold because you you, you have a lot of people coming after you. You're going to have a lot of enemies. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. My (laughs) 50,000 new followers on TikTok. (laughs) I hope you haven't unfollowed me yet. I thought Christopher was giving out great life advice. What happened? He's a Nazi. (laughs) I'm not a a Nazi. I'm the most evolved man there is. That's what people don't understand. I love and accept. I don't give a fuck. I don't have any bias or judgments against anybody except for stupidity and (laughs) ignorance. I have bias and judgments against that. And when that stupidity and ignorance wants to destroy that, that's where I have a problem, but I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care who you fuck, what you do to your body trans. I don't give a fuck. I don't care about any of that shit. I really don't. I never have. 
I've always just been curious. From the time I was a little kid, I just was curious. It's fascinating. Oh, they're different. Oh, wow, cool. It's always been my attitude. So when people are telling me I'm a racist, I'm just like, what are you, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you're a racist. You project it onto me. Or you can't actually understand what it is that I'm saying. Can't comprehend. That's what I see. People actually can't comprehend Kanye West. They can't actually, they can't hear what he's saying. And then it's like, well, it's his response. This is a big argument. It's his responsibility to be able to communicate in a way that they can hear. Well, that's what I was saying. Fair enough. But also, is there any way to communicate it in a way that they can hear? Yes. Uh, Maybe. They have to be willing to listen. They have to be willing to engage in the conversation. That's the problem. So on, on an individual level, yeah, it's fine. But, you know, it's the same thing. People that listen to this podcast and you get notes from people saying, you know, that I'm an asshole or whatever. I'm bad. But those people don't want to talk to me. They sat down with me in a room they, because they know that I'm actually reasonable and they know that I'm not hateful and they know that, you know, I would challenge their positions and their arguments in a, in a very effective way. Why do you say that they they would know that? I don't think that's true at all. Who wants to talk? Who's who's ever? I don't feel people wanting to reach out to me. All they do is name call. No, I'm saying like they you when you say they know that I'm reasonable, like, no, they don't. They don't. Know yeah, they that. do. No, they don't. Unconsciously, they do unconsciously yeah they my argument makes sense to them the reason they're triggered is because what i'm saying actually makes sense to them and it challenges what they believe and it creates a cognitive dissonance inside their brain so the only way that that cognitive dissonance you know the the mechanisms then to make me bad and wrong that's the only thing their brain can do but there's another part of their brain that like is like oh that sounds right that sounds reasonable he's making a good point but if i accept that point then i have to i have to it challenges my belief systems, which are part of my identity. And that's not something I can do. But if you get them in the room with me, anybody, 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 I don't give a fuck. I'll have the conversation. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. Imbram Kendi, the writer of uh, anti-racism. This guy, he doesn't debate anybody. He won't have a conversation with anybody who disagrees with him. Why is that? Jordan Peterson walks into the lion's den all the time. That's all he does is debate people who disagree with him. Why won't Imbram Kendi? You're either racist or you're anti-racist. You either think like me, and by, by it's my definition of what anti-racism is, which is that any disparity in society anything we see between groups or individuals, I guess it's between groups. The reason for that is racism. That's the only reason. And so until we have a society where every group is absolutely equal, that we're going to assume that the force that's underneath it is racism. Does that make any sense to anybody? So the way to combat inequality in the society is to fight racism, which is basically white people. But of course, cultures are different. 
and have different values and have different histories. So those cultures are going to get different outcomes. Now, maybe you could say that the culture was set up predominantly by white people. And so it has a bias in favor of white people in their culture. I think that's true. But that doesn't necessarily make it racist. It's not necessarily actively discriminating. Just because I do something or I have an opinion that's a reflection of me doesn't mean that I'm like against you or that I'm intentionally trying to exclude you. If you tell me, hey, this is excluding me. You know, what do you do? Like, for instance, with the Native Americans, my mom, and I'm going to make a generalization here, but my mom worked with Native Americans for a lot of years. And one of the things that like, if you go into the reservation, you know, they're a little loose with time, let's say. Mm-hmm. And so if you have an 11 o'clock meeting, you might get some people that show up at 11. You might get some people that show up at 12. But the people who show up at 11 are not upset with the people that show up at 12. At least that was her experience. Mm-hmm. She was fascinated by that culturally. Right? So that's that's like part of their... You know, you go to Spain. I remember going to Spain and we're in, going in through the... Uh, getting off the plane, going through customs. And it's a big one mob. There's no lines. It's just a mob of people moving towards these stations. And people would just butt in. Like people just move mm-hmm. through the line. I was like, what the fuck? Like in America, that's going to get you fucking shot. Punch in the nose. People just let them through. If somebody needed, they just assumed, oh, that person's got to go fast or something. They don't question it. So yeah, there's cultural differences. And those cultural differences are going to have ramifications in the results, and the outcomes that you get in the world, in society. So I don't, I think it's a more, the point is, it's a more complicated discussion than Imbram Kendi is making it. But he's, you know, he's making a lot of money, selling his books. He's loved. He's getting praised. But he doesn't really believe in his ideas or he'd take them out to be challenged and demonstrate to his critics that he's right. The fact that he's not doing that tells me that he doesn't actually believe in his ideas. Truly. I'm not saying that that's conscious, but if you're not willing to debate anyone anytime about your ideas, you, you, you're not really, you don't really believe in them. Mm. So that's all I'm saying. You tell me I'm not reasonable. That's not everything I'm saying is not reasonable. What's unreasonable about what I'm saying to the people out there who think I'm unreasonable. You, you say that I think I'm unreasonable. Are people saying that? Well, you said that they, you think oh. people think I'm unreasonable. What's unreasonable, people? You just can't understand, man. Come on in. I've been selling myself too short. That's the fucking problem. I gotta be more like Kanye. <laughs> gotta own my fucking genius. <laughs> Am I wrong, Angela? Um, we should all own our genius like Kanye. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not special. I mean, this is a, it's, I, I, I feel very on the edge, you know? <laughs> Why? Cause your clients are listening. No, I, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just in me, inside of me, you know, like I can feel, you know, like watching Kanye, watching Dave Chappelle's last, um, his, his last special. Yeah. Like, you know, just the place and, and also like reading Course in Miracles, like the place where you are claiming your genius, your greatness, your, mm-hmm. yeah. your 
your love, like your strength, your, mm-hmm. you know, all the the gifts, the qualities that you've been given just because you're born, you know, just because right. you exist. Right. And how the the ego can use that and how spirit can use that. Totally. And it's hard to tell the difference for some you, people. You, well, you can't. What do you mean? For, well, for people who are in it or... Well, if somebody is claiming that, like I, when I hear, when I heard, you know, the place that, that Dave Chappelle was, he's, he's like, he's just claiming he's the best comic genius that's out there, you know? Like, he said that? Yeah, basically, you know? Well, that's what everyone tells him. Well, he believes it. He, I don't believe it. He, he believes it. Yeah. And he's claiming it. Yeah, fair and enough. And he's just like, you know, like just... Yeah. Or, or come argue with me, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And so I can feel the place where people get triggered, you know, where, where it's like, like, you know, no, you're not. And why are you saying that? It's like, it's so not humble. It's so not, right. you know, mm-hmm. the, the genuine godliness place that if you were in that place, we would feel it. We wouldn't have to hear you say it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, yeah, of course, of course. But there's also another place. It's like, why are we, it's like, okay to say our, the places where we don't feel like we, where we feel scared or we feel, you know, like there's a a self-deprecating thing that's, that's somehow okay. And so I, I, I have, you know, Mm -hmm. there's something in me that's kind of like, I can feel the 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 place that just wants to be able to claim all the things, mm-hmm. and that that I have the place in me that's a genius, and I have the place in me that doesn't know what I, what I'm like. That's completely insecure. Doesn't know what yeah, I want to say. Of course, of course. You know, but the place where I claim my own genius is the is actually the more vulnerable place. That exactly, exactly. I mean, it's like when I, you know, I, it was my mom's birthday this past week and I was debating whether or not to call. Like I haven't spoken to her since, since the whole, you know, no testing incident. And I, I just, I I spoke, like I, I, I got, I spoke, had a conversation with myself. Okay, Angela, what's your intention? Why are you calling? Because I want to be a good Chinese daughter who calls my mom on her birthday. Okay, yeah, no, we're not calling from that place. Okay, well, what's the other place? I want to call from a place where I have an open heart. I still have boundaries, but that I'm letting my mom know, yes, I know that it's your birthday. I know that it's, I'm, 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 I figured out the lunar calendar situation. I know when your birthday is on your lunar calendar. And I'm calling you to let you know that I actually care. And that I, that even through all of this, even through everything that I've been through with you, I still fucking love you. And I could feel this place in me. It was like, I hate that I love my mom, even though she can be a cold fucking bitch. You know, like that's, that I, just, I just feel how much I, I this shame that was inside mm-hmm. of me for mm-hmm. loving my mother, yeah. you know, in that place. And then I was like, no, wait, what? I hate myself? I hate myself for loving my mother? I 
I want to love myself for loving my mm. mother mm-hmm. when she's, even if she's a cold fucking bitch to me. Hallelujah. That I, I am, I'm strong enough that I have worked my ass off to get to this place where I, I have the strength to be able to love my mother, even if she's being, you know, difficult. Right. Because the truth is I can be a cold fucking bitch too. That's true. Right back. Mm-hmm. It's different. We, I mean, there's there's a way in which we both know how to cut each other off. But there's, you know, I don't I don't say mean things to my mom. I don't outwardly say them to her. And my mom, you know, will sometimes say things she's not conscious of. And I have not spoken up, but now I can, and now I will. Mm. And in that place, I can have my love for her. Mm-hmm. I can have it all. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not different from the place like where I claim my love versus I claim my genius or I claim my, my, you know, whatever gifts I have, my, my beauty, my intelligence, my, you know, all of it, you Mm -hmm. know, my love is, it's the same. Like there's something about claiming this place in myself that has been very shameful. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have been shamed, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so I, there, there, there is a place where when I, you know, hear you or I, I see Kanye or, you know, see these things, it's like, it's mixed inside of me. Like, is that okay? Like, wait, wait what are you doing? What how, is that? But then there's another part of me that's like, awesome. Well, what's the alternative, right? Like to, to, I mean, I understand humility. A lot of like athletes, for instance, are very humble in their interviews. You know, we just went out, we did our best, played well, you know. But in the locker room, they're fucking, they know who they are. Right. They know that I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Like they have to, you have to have that kind of confidence. And I think, well, we've talked about this, but the hardest thing for people to do in our workshops, I discovered this early on, you know. Get people to talk about their problems, the mistakes they've made, how bad they are, how fucked up they are. They'll do it. Ask them to go to their lower self, some of their their negative intentions, their hatred, their judgments. Okay, there's some resistance, but they'll do it. Ask them to talk about their gifts, how amazing they are, how wonderful they are, everything that they want and want to bring the world. They all freeze. They won't do it. Scary. That's the scariest thing for people to do. And we have shame. I mean, that's the shame of the higher self. It's mm-hmm. one of the great pathwork lectures. And that's what's that quote by Marianne Williamson. You know, we're not afraid of our darkness. We're afraid of our light. I think that's absolutely true because we're, we're out of control. Mm-hmm. And so if you step all the way into that, all people are going to do because they're disowned from that. They're going to judge it and they're going to point out everything that you're doing wrong. And certainly Kanye did a lot that was wrong, but he's human. He's got an ego. He's got a personality. It's all part of the mix. There's not, there's nobody that's perfectly clean. It's not a thing, especially if you're trying to do what he's doing and you can play it safe. And not everybody's built that way. Not every not everybody has this impulse to like 
shake up the world, mm -hmm. speak the truth in that way. But he does. So what's he supposed to do? He's living out his purpose. I don't know. And in time, all of these controversial figures, they're the ones who the culture will remember. Like generations will look back and it's, it's yeah, it's Kanye West. Yeah, Jay-Z, but it's Kanye. Kanye is the man of, the, of his era. And he will be remembered in that way. Yes, controversial, but he, why? Because he took the most risks. Alex Jones, same thing. Everybody knows who Alex Jones is. Think about that. Does anybody not know who Alex Jones is? <laughs> I'm sure that there are people who don't. I don't think many. Pretty sure my parents don't know who Alex Jones is. Okay, but you know what I'm saying. He's pretty fucking famous. How did that happen? He must be onto something. Must be something going on there. He's not just insane. Is he crazy? Yeah. But I think all... I don't know. He's a prophet. He's a channel to me, Alex Jones. I think his channel gets a little clouded by his own baggage and his own ego. But there's a lot of things that he said that are like, what? I mean, maybe that's... He's got a lot right, by the way, Alex Jones. And they, that I think that when I was watching the Kanye documentary, that was kind of what was going on in the background for me, but, but now you're talking about something that's making me more clear. Like there was something in the way that he, he, he just, he just didn't limit himself. Right. He just kept going. And even though it took him into the darkness, like he, like he just went there, yeah. you know? And there's something about that, like, you know, that we talk about, like, don't hold back. Yeah, you know? exactly. If you don't hold back, you're going to get to know all the different sides of yourself. Mm -hmm. And some of it is going to be 100% your lower self, you know, your your ego, your shadow, like to get to know these places and you're going to be you're going to be acting them out unconsciously in ways that you w won't understand until mm -hmm. much later, mm -hmm. you know, maybe if ever. But that there's something in the goodness of that to allow that to like fully come out. Like the story's not over. The end of the documentary, I was like, well, now what happens? What happens next, mm -hmm. you know? Because it kept on going, like, like yeah. he, Cootie was like, okay, this is the end of the documentary. Oh, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so much more, yeah. you know? And and oh, now this is the end. Oh, no, mm -hmm. no, it's not, you know? And because because of what you're saying, like because he's willing to keep taking risks in some way, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's... Something about that that I was just aware of throughout the throughout watching it. So yeah, like, like that that was what was inspiring. It's like okay, like if I, and maybe that's what the irritation is, you know, because I just watched it last night and it was like, like there's something in me that I, you know, I get. I, I mean, I feel this almost every time we get on these podcasts. But it's like, what am I going to say now? You know, what's going to come out? I, I said the thing where where I, I just said you know, my mom's a cold fucking bitch, you know, mm -hmm. like that's not something I was planning to say at all, you know, right. But then also owning the place that it is true in me as well, you know, but it's like, I don't know what's going to come out of me, you know, but mm -hmm. like if I don't, if I keep going, if we yeah. keep doing this, like if it, like what's gonna, 
what's going to come out. And, and I, that's what's the most exciting thing when mm-hmm. I'm working with clients, when right. I'm working with people. I welcome that. Yeah. I want that. Like, come on. This is what you're scared right. to know. It's alive. It's alive. And it's, it's, there's energy that's being used in it anyway. Right. You just don't know where it's being used. Mm-hmm. And, and if you start to get to know where that energy is going, then you can have a choice of where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's hidden, I mean, I guess that's that's what's happening for me. It's like something, I, I can feel something wants to come out of me mm-hmm. more and more and more. And I've been, you know, like there's some way in which I, I know how to control it. I mm-hmm. know how to keep it mm-hmm. down and good and behaved and uh, quiet and... Yeah, there's there's some other part of me that's like, no, no, no. There, there's If I can't have all the parts of me, then I don't get to have all the love that's and right. all the, the, right. the, the joy and all the happiness. I don't get to have those things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's been going on in the relationship with, with Diana because we went through this as you're well aware of a, a uh, extended period. It was like one big fight over about six weeks, maybe two months. I don't know, man. It got so fucking intense. Mm. And I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> and now, like it's like the masks have been dropped. Mm-hmm. She actually looks physically different to me. Wow. And I think she is. Like, yeah. I think she, like something dropped in her and something, and she says like, I don't feel your guard up anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure something dropped in me, but I see it in her physically, just like her face mm-hmm. looks different to me. And I think it all had to come out. Mm-hmm. And it did. And we, there was, both of us said things that weren't nice, I guess. And, um, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. Like I, I don't, I said all the things. I think she said all the things and it wasn't always pleasant to say or pleasant to hear. And it was scary, but now we're like closer than ever. Wow. And it's amazing. And we were, you know, talking about it last night, like, wow. (laughs) And she's into it. And at first, it took her some time to realize, you know, because you start to judge it. Oh, my God. Like, we're going through this fight. This can't be healthy. Like, for, right. you know, and that's what I thought, too. This can't be good. You know, even though you were, you and both you and Jana were like, this is normal. Everybody goes Stay. through this. Yeah. Like, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> they didn't go through it when Harry met Sally. <laughs> they didn't go through it on Friends. Not like this. Um, but you were right and you need to go through that. But it's the same thing. It's the same concept. It's all got to come out. Mm-hmm. And I think in some way, there's it's one thing to do it in private. It's another thing to do it publicly. Yeah, right. And because you're going to get attacked. And it's a lot to hold. And there's a big risk there. And, and I, I, I don't know that I've always been able to hold it. But I'm starting to feel like, ah, oh, maybe I can. But also it's like, I don't need, I don't know. I don't want to provoke just for provocation's sake. Like I want to stay on the mission. You know, I want to reach as many people as I can with my with 
my work and with our work together and with the things that I have to teach and say, like, I want to reach as many people as I can. But I also don't want to betray myself. I don't want to uh, be something other than what I am, right? And I don't, it's like I'm making these videos on TikTok and Instagram. It's not, I'm not faking anything. I'm, this is an aspect of me that's teaching you a concept, right? And then I, you know, the podcast is another aspect of me. I'm not intentionally hiding it. It's just like, eh, it doesn't feel like that's the format for this. This is the format for that, mm-hmm. right? And it's the same in my work. It's like, I'm not, I don't give a fuck about anybody's policy, anything once we're in the workshop, because it's not about that. We're in some other, we're underneath the story. We're not talking about the story, you know? And if people do bring that into the room, all I'm interested is in is getting to what's emotionally underneath it, right? Like what's driving this? What's the, what's the rage? What's the pain? What's the fear? Where does this come from? What's this about? Right. Which is an interesting conversation, which is probably what we should be doing on the podcast because we haven't published a podcast in a long time I know because they've been, uh, I don't know, uninteresting. And I think because we've been holding back and we mm. got to some plateau, I mean, we were risking and risking and then it got to a plateau where there was, I don't know, there was nothing left to risk. Yeah. Well, there right. was, but we, it took us right. a minute to get there and maybe we've risked it in this podcast. I don't know, but it's like, that's, yeah, we've got to go further mm-hmm. and you have to push it. And, and that in some way you have to like you, like us, we, all of us, one must go out of control. Mm-hmm. You can't get there without losing control. It's the only way you can't create something incredible without losing control like you you, your control mechanisms well they're going to keep you safe they're going to tell you this is bad they're going to tell you this is wrong don't do this which is another reason why he's got a kanye has to tell himself that he's a fucking genius he's got to be telling himself that all the time so that he can give himself the courage to take the risks that he has to take i'm a genius i'm a genius i'm a genius i gotta do this i gotta do this i'm a genius like it's it's almost He's programming himself so he has the courage to take the risk. Otherwise, he wouldn't take the risk. Why would I take the risk? Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm just a musician. I'm just, you know, just making the best music I can make, you know, just trying to do my best. You know, from that place, you're not going to take these huge risks that are going to upset people. Well, that's not true. There are people who do that as who? well. Who? I, I mean, you know, there are there are many genius musicians that aren't Kanye, you know? Yeah, but they're not having, they're not upsetting the culture the way he is. Right, right. I mean, Bono's not controversial. He's not saying anything controversial. He's like towing the line with everything. And you're saying that that members of society who are controversial are... Well, I'm just saying Andrew Tate, like, let's look at like, so you need these people. Let's just start on the premise that you need these people in society, right? They, they must serve a purpose. The, the Trumps, the Andrew Tates, the Kanye Wests, right? And there's, there's others. Who are others? I don't know. There's others. These Tahash type characters, mm-hmm. these, uh, you know, whatever, whatever they are. They upset things. They generate controversy. They cause controversy. All three of those people are constantly telling you that they're a genius. Mm -hmm. Always. 
They're always claiming that they're the best. It's interesting. What? Why is that? There must be a mechanism at play. And also, maybe it's also just persuasion. Like you watch that Kanye documentary. He keeps telling you that he's a genius, that he's the best. You start to believe it. Like somebody tells you something long enough, you start to actually believe that it's true. Now, obviously, there's a lot of social proof when you see Pharrell Williams listen to Kanye rap for the first time. And he's just like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? And he, and he just keeps saying like, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't right. know. Holy shit. You know, mm-hmm. you see that over and over. Like, okay, well, if Pharrell Williams thinks he's a genius, then I guess he must be. But there is something powerful when somebody is telling you over and over again that they're a genius. I mean, obviously, they have to back it up with something. You know, I mean, people would argue that Trump is an idiot, but it's like, well, you know, he managed to get elected president of the United States against all institutional opposition. It, it takes some intelligence. It takes It's a kind of instinctual genius. I, I don't know how you can deny that. Especially he did it with like a, you know, small organization. And Andrew Tate is incredibly intelligent and has made a shitload of money by the time he's, you know, he was 30 years old. He's a multimillionaire and he's living a certain kind of life. So he's, he, you have to have the, the proof to be able to say that. But they all say it. I wonder why. And what are you saying that these, who are these, who are these figures for us? I don't know. They're just, I mean, they must serve some purpose in the culture, right? The, the, I mean, Alex Jones is the same. I mean, obviously somebody like Joe Rogan, he's not doing that. He's the opposite. He's like, oh, I just work hard and, you know, he's humble. He, he takes the more humble approach, which is, we, we kind of respect that mm-hmm. the most. I mean, I do. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that wants to be that way. And I can be that way. But there's an, I also want to, like, I want to feel that, that my inner Kanye, like I want to give myself permission to, to be that Mm. as well. Like there's something freeing in that. Mm. But I don't know what these people represent. Well, maybe it's just that. What? Like it inspires you to own these parts of yourself. Right. That you don't, that you wouldn't maybe. Right. And people say it's ego, it's arrogant. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have an ego and I'm arrogant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. It's not the whole story. Or maybe it's, it's your God self too. Well, th- I mean, you could make that argument that it's all the God self. Right, that, I mean, you know, Naval Ravikant listened to somebody something he said the other day. It's like we all know that like the wisest people are kind of quiet because you can only access true wisdom through the silence. Mm. You know, this guy never stops talking. By the way, Naval Ravikant. <laughs> but okay, Naval. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's and he's a very wise man. He's communicating ideas, and he, you know, he's a meditator and all that. And I'm sure he spends a lot of time in the quiet. Um, and I think that's true, but like Michael Jordan is wise and a genius. And, you know, when he's playing basketball, 
back in the day or LeBron James. And Michael Jordan, to, to me, is the best example. But it's just like, he's just free. He's alive. He's the best. He's not thinking. It's pure. Watching Michael Jer- Jordan play basketball feels like pure. And in that place, he's like close to God. He is, a, he's, it's God is flowing through him. He's, he's a Buddha. He called himself. So this, I think there's one point in that documentary where he says, like, this is what Buddha is. This is what the Buddha looks like. Like, he's pointing <laughs> to himself. Like, th- like, this is a fully realized man. Mm-hmm. You know, it was after they'd won the championship for the fifth time or something. And it was hard to argue with. You're just like, dude, that, what you just did was fucking insane. And so that's God, too. And, he, and also, he's cruel. He's mm-hmm. mean. He was cruel. Mm-hmm. And ruthless, condescending, arrogant as fuck. He didn't give a fuck. He was on his mission. And Kanye's got that. Trump's got that. Andrew Tate has that. And it's like, but there's something that you're giving permission. So like, you know, with all due respect to what Naval is saying, I agree. But it's also like, mm, goes the other way too. Like the person who's free and fully expressed is going to, be a little crazy they're going to all of their shit is going to come out all of their ego all of their arrogance all their lower self all their cruelty all their genius all their love it's all one thing and maybe that is maybe that's what god is maybe god is all of that it's not just the good it's not just the kind it's not just the nice it's not just the wise it's not just the quiet it's not just the tender how can it be the killer it's the the madness it's the distortion it's the hatred it's all of it isn't that god i don't know i don't know i i i, I habitually diana always calls me on that that I habitually will say something i'm like but i don't know She's like, you do know. You just fucking said this thing. It was totally fucking persuasive. And then you end the sentence with, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I got to stop doing that. But in this case, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, I, I, I mean, that's, I think that's a, an expression of, I do think that's an expression of God. I mean, that's the vision I got. My vision quest. Spirit was loud and clear. There was no difference between the light and the dark. It's one thing, brah. <laughs> got to accept that. You ready to accept that? It's one thing. Mm. Nature has no judgment, no preference. Okay. Okay. That's why I watch animal videos all the time. Animals eating animals. It's just like the just the it's barbaric and cruel and just it's a reminder. That's life. Mm. Kimono dragon just chomping on a goat i mean it's unbelievable or a turtle there's one who's trying to rip the head off a turtle this oh, kimono geez. dragon it was what's a komodo dragon kimono it's kimono? like a big uh it's almost like an alligator but it's like a little bit higher off the ground and it doesn't its mouth is a little bit different it's more uh where are they uh i think they're in asia maybe uh. Yeah, I don't think they're they're not in the West. I think they're in Asia somewhere. Come on, a dragon. They're they're scary as fuck. Eating a goat. Yeah. So yeah, they're big. They're bigger than a than an alligator, I think. Um. Yeah, I ate a whole goat raw, like a snake eats a fucking mouse. A goat. Oh my 
just like it was it took about like when the video starts it, it's got it's got it you know in its mouth and then it's about five bites like oh my uh, god uh, 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 and it's in all the way in you're just like what the f-? you just ate that goat didn't even chew it it's like the fuck I love those videos. Diana's like, why did you show me that? <laughs> you got It's just a reminder. This is life. This is who we are. You got every once in a while, you got to take a look. Right. Remember. <laughs> That's in you too, by the way. Right. Right. One thirty-eight. Oh, that's a, that's our time. That's I, our time. Yeah, well, I was thinking, is it one thirty-nine? Because mm-hmm. usually that's when we end. One thirty-nine. Final <sighs> thoughts, Angela. We didn't get to the story with the assistant. <laughs> well, we let let we'll we'll save we'll that. Save that. See if it's the assistant a, gets back. Yeah, and then you know, it's definitely not going to get back if he listens to this podcast. But <laughs> yeah. well, maybe he will. Final thoughts? Uh, no. Sum everything up perfectly and intelligently, please. <laughs> Sum the whole conversation. Just, just give a perfect, beautiful summary. Never judge a book by its cover. Okay, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> Who's the book? What's the well, cover? Well, I'm just saying, you know, like Kanye, watching Kanye, mm-hmm. listening, you know... Yeah, you don't. I don't know. This is, a pro, is this a pro Kanye podcast? We're <laughs> I would pro say Kanye. Yeah. 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 If you don't like Kanye, don't listen to our podcast. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is it's too evolved. It's too advanced for you. This podcast. <laughs> if you're not into Kanye, it's it's too advanced. Go listen to Sam Harris. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. 